There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I am musicologist Nate Sloan. I'm excited to share with you today one of my favorite summer hits. It comes from the artist Harry Styles, the former One Direction bandmate and contemporary rock star sex symbol. He has a third album out from May 2022. It's called Harry's House. Tisabop. It is. You know, this record came out a minute ago, back in May, but we're midsummer now. And I think it's a good time to think about some of the songs that have had staying power. Honestly, I think I've been sleeping on Harry's house because mm. some early critics called the album a little bit easy listening, maybe not too challenging. And I think I let it pass by, unfortunately, without any meaningful interrogation, mm. which was a mistake because this album is full of earworms, and its songs continue to do very well even months after its release. If you were to start on the surface, you could say, well, it continues his themes of lyrics with sexual innuendo, Mm. largely about food. He loves to talk (laughs) about cherries, strawberries, and watermelons. Yeah. But this time around, he takes us to a sushi restaurant. We've got fried rice. We're cooking an egg. Later, we get some green tea. We've got bubble gum. The culinary double entendres remain strong. Yeah, but I don't want to dissect the images and lyrics here, especially not for all the references of his famous actor partner, Olivia Wilde. If you want that, Vulture has already tracked down all of those illusions. Find them. We'll link to them. Instead, what I want to do today is look at the performance and try to understand why this song in particular, music for a sushi restaurant, is so steeped in horn sections. Basically, why is Harry Styles so horny? Finally, someone is asking the question. (laughs) Thank goodness for your intrepid journalism, Charles. I love hearing that percussive, full-bodied 80s-era horn section on the very first track of this album. It seems like a statement of sorts. Buckle up, this is what you're getting into here. And it makes me excited about what else is to come. But that's just me. Charlie, what was your reaction when you first hit play on Music for a Sushi Restaurant? Man, well, listening back now, I realized the first time I hit play, clearly I was completely wrong because I think all of my analysis of uh, elevatory music is wrong unless you want to be dancing in an elevator. I don't know, man. These horns are amazing. 
And I think what makes them so powerful is what leads into them. Hmm. Because the song starts so simply. We get this simple synthesizer arpeggio. And then Harry's vocal crescendos in. Phil Collins-esque drum fill and a slinky bass line. What a way to kick off an album. It is, to continue the food metaphors, kind of like dumping everything in your fridge into a pot (laughs) and just being like, this hopefully will work together. It's a fried rice dish of sorts, yeah. It's a diverse sonic menu that somehow goes together. My favorite thing about this opening moment is that it's missing one essential ingredient, which we have to wait to get until later in the song, it's the horns. Because that introduction is also the instrumental chorus hook that really hits when the horns come in. I have sat and studied this horn line for like the last two days. Uh I love it. I like picturing you hunched over your desk quill and parchment in hand (laughs) as you transcribe by candlelight the intricate horn arrangement of Harry Styles. That's basically what happened. And what I've found in all of my meditation is it's one of those magical moments of something which is so simple and yet totally tasteful. To see how all the pieces fit together, let's break them down one by one. Mm. The first is Harry Styles' acapella. All of the chords that he's singing are coming in before the downbeat, but the horn section is coming in after the downbeat. And so when you put them together, they're locking in and filling opposite spaces and creating some really exciting syncopation. Not only do we have this great syncopation where some things are happening before the beat, some things are happening after the beat, they're dancing around each other, we also have some very colorful chords. The notes that Harry Styles sings in those ba-ba moments, those are just this descending major chord going from F-sharp major down to E major, down to E-flat major, down to D major. And that descending major chord something that we think of as bright and happy, the further down it goes, it gets a little crunchy and strange (laughs) and dark and starts to feel almost minor. And the melody that the horns play over that at moments become quite dissonant. Like, check out what happens over that E flat. And this melody has just had my head spinning. It's this one basically simple riff that folds and permutates and comes in on the different parts of the beat every time you hear it. Mm. It's so simple yet so rewarding. A Mobius riff as it was. (laughs) This is a really fun song. We hear it in the production and we can hear it in the way that Harry performs his vocals. Excuse me, green tea, music for sushi restaurant. Promise, promise. (laughs) 
is scatting about music for a sushi restaurant, which is kind of like <laughs> it feels like a self neg. He's like, this is just music for a sushi restaurant. It's totally pleasant. It can be played in the background, but it's also for whatever you want. You can make this whatever vibe you want it to be. And he is having a heck of a lot of fun. I mean, I always get uncomfortable when grown men scat, but <laughs> I think he pulls it off here. It's almost like he's being the horns, right? Mm, I'll give it to him. Yeah. He's clearly inspired here. So he's studying some of the great rock vocalists and their awkward attempts at scatting from <laughs> Robert Plant at the very end of what is and what never should be. <laughs> to perhaps the most famous awkward scatting, Paul McCartney at the end of Hey Jude. <laughs> I hadn't thought of those as the places that he was studying from. I was actually thinking more of the horn lines and general vibe of this song. Okay. Our friend at Vulture, Alex Suskind, called these sledgehammer horns. And I was like, what do you mean sledgehammer horns? Like, they're like hitting really hard. He's like, no, you're an idiot. Peter Gabriel, sledgehammer from 1986. <laughs> sledgehammer. sledgehammer horns. I hear it. And then even those vocal interjections. <laughs> exactly. It's not just the horns. It's that vocal performance. Because go back to Sushi Restaurant. It's a Triple H, a high harmonized ha. Ha! <laughs> it's not just the horns. It's not just the ha! Triple H. It's also the really bad food metaphors. Show me around your food cage. Because <laughs> I will be your <laughs> For the record, that was very much on the radio. Yeah. Hearing these songs back to back, there is an undeniable lineage here. And Harry would admit it. Sledgehammer is one of his better performing covers. He actually played it live on Howard Stern. He's deep in the Gabriel Juju. He really is. And like I was saying that I think Music for a Sushi Restaurant is really more about vibe than it is about lyrical sincerity. Styles says more or less the same thing about Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Why do you love that song so much? I love it because, I, well, I think it's like the best mixed song ever. It just sounds incredible. You mean the record itself? The record itself. He likes the sound of the record. It's not about the fruitcakes metaphors. That's not what's driving it. It's about <laughs> the mix. And he actually went and recorded a bunch of songs for his record at Peter Gabriel's studio. So he's very much channeling those sledgehammer horns. And Music for a Sushi Restaurant isn't the only place that we get these Peter Gabriel sledgehammer horns on the record. Mm. Though there are a lot of quiet, melancholy acoustic tracks. A real standout for me is the song Daydreaming. Same deal. Syncopated. 
stabby, funky sledgehammer horns. Yeah. I feel like thanks to you and Alex, we've coined a new term here. <laughs> I feel like Harry is singing sledgehammer horns. There's almost two horn sections here. There's the horns themselves, and then there's Harry doing his ba-ba-ba kind of things. Ah. Stacks of him singing in conversation and in between every moment that the horns hit. It was these horns that made me love this record because Mm. it shows the attention to detail. You can hear it in the harmonic construction of the songs. You can hear it in melodies that are these hooks that just get stuck in your ear over and over again. Hmm. And it's in these little details like horns that are backing elements that are happening in between beats that give so much life and energy to a song. 80s horns know how to do energy. So what I want to do when we come back is take a listen to some of my favorite picks of horny 80s songs. I'm talking about like (laughs) horn heavy. Sure you are. You get the point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I'll catch you in a minute. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. I do love the idea of sledgehammer horns, but the reality is Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer from 1986 was not the first to give us those great kinds of horn sections. There is a sound to that 80s brass that is so recognizable. And one of my favorite places to start is Lionel Richie's All Night Long. Again, I didn't listen closely enough to the details because right in there from the very beginning are hints of orchestra. Mm. String sections. What's going to come next? But Lionel Richie makes us wait for it. It takes a whole minute to get into a chorus. But there's something missing here. 
There's no horns. Sledgehammer horns? Not yet. You know, even when we get to the second chorus. He still holds back. They're synth brass, but I don't think those are real horns yet. I think those are just synthesizers. Sounds a little synthetic. We have to wait until three minutes into the song to get the hero of All Night Long, and that is the horn section. They announce themselves loudly. When we finally get to the last chorus, five minutes into an over six-minute-long song, it's not until the very end that I think we get the full strength of that horn section. So Lionel Richie is doing something very similar to what we heard on Sushi Restaurant, where he holds back. You don't get all of that bombast of the horn section. When it finally hits, it's like the song has arrived. This is really interesting because when I think of big horn sections, I tend to think of the 60s and 70s as the sort of crowning achievements of that sound Mm. from James Brown to Parliament to Earth, Wind and Fire. Right, right. So I appreciate you making the case for 80s horns, the sledgehammer (laughs) horns. What else might Harry Styles be casting back to? Another song that is strong in my cultural memory, whose horns I think I have inadvertently ignored, is Donna Summer's She Works Hard for the money. I've always thought of this as a very sort of artificial 80s synthy song. The horns kind of peek in here and there. Mm-hmm. But again, when you get the full final chorus, it's all about those horns. They're doing something really important here. The horns fill in the gaps between every little section. Whenever she's not singing horn stab, between beats horn stab, I think the sledgehammer horn vibe is all about upping the ante of energy in a song. And on this particular track, which is about working hard for the money, I almost feel like you can hear the horns working really hard. (laughs) They're (laughs) doing these these tough riffs. They're going way up into their upper register. You get the sense that everyone, I mean, not just the horns, Donna Summer, everyone involved in this production is just like leaving it all on the floor of the recording studio. Yeah, they're sweating. And another horn-driven song that I think is pulling on that same kind of vibe, working really hard for it, The Glamorous Life by Sheila E. These are definitely sledgehammer horns. Staccato, explosive, dancing around the melody line. One more iconic example that does this thing so well is Steve Winwood's Higher Love. Kind of like you could ignore the main vocal melody altogether and just listen to the counter melodies that the horns are doing. It's a whole other way of listening, but you realize the song is just as good with only the horn section. Not entirely relevant, but for the longest time, I misheard the chorus of this song as Steve Winwood singing, Bring Me an Iron Lung. 
And I don't know. I just need to put that out there because I just need to know if I'm the only person out there in the cosmos that had the same misapprehension or if there are others like me who can commiserate. Bring me an iron lung. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Is there a name for that phenomenon? There has to be. I definitely had a book of misheard lyrics. Really? In middle school, including Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy. Yeah. She Loves Cheez-Its and America Too. That's from Tom Petty's Free Falling. We would be remiss to pass over all the lonely Starbucks lovers. Mm, Taylor Swift, blank space. What is this thing? Hold on, we're getting a note from our producer, Rihanna Cruz. What's it called? Mondegreen. It's a Mondegreen. I've, I've heard this before. It's from someone mishearing Mound of Green in a poem. Mondegreen. All right, I think we should get back to the horns. I've got just one more I want to share with you. Okay. It's Herb Alpert with Janet Jackson. The song is Diamonds. Diamonds. This song confuses me. <laughs> Why is that? I guess I heard his name, but check this out. Like Herb Albert has sold 72 million records. Massive. Whoa. Dude is everywhere in the history of American popular music. From his own hits with Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass, to starting A&M Records, to becoming a philanthropist, to the point that UCLA named its music school after him. <laughs> And perhaps most importantly, his 1979 song, Rise, gave us the sample that begins Biggie Smalls' Hypnotize. Well, that is amazing and another completely unnecessary branch away from our conversation on Sledgehammer Hordes, but very delightful. Yeah, I feel like it's time to bring things home. Harry's home. Harry's house. <laughs> Listening to your treatise on 80s Sledgehammer Horns, hearing Styles himself talk about his love for Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, it strikes me that we're dealing with an artist who takes music very seriously. Mm. And I know that some of the critical response to this record has been somewhat negative, saying basically what you said at the beginning of this episode. It's light. It's easy. It doesn't challenge the listener at all. But at the same time, this discussion makes me appreciate something about Harry Styles, which is the fact that he seems to be, like us, a music nerd. Yeah. Someone who gets obsessed with obscure aspects of music history, like these 80s horns, <laughs> and endeavors to sprinkle those references to music past into his current tracks. I find that pretty cool and something we're celebrating and, and something that like brings this larger than life artist a little bit down to earth. It's definitely worth touring through Harry's house. Switchdown Pop is produced by Rihanna Cruz, engineered by Brandon McFarlane, edited by Jolie Myers, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, community management by Abby Barr. Our executive producers are Hannah Rosen and Ashok Kerwa, a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. You can find more episodes of Switchdown Pop anywhere you get podcasts or our website, switchedonpop.com. 
Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Switched on Pop and tell us A, your favorite Harry Styles track and B, your favorite Mondegreen misheard lyric. We'll be back again next Tuesday. And until then, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.